Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, we're excited to be joined for a second time by TSN reporter Claire Hanna. And the Ottawa Senators have made a move off the ice that they're hoping will help improve their goaltending situation. Hmm, interesting. Let's get into all that and more on today's edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 959 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, you can follow the show on social media. We're at Send Central on Twitter, LockedOn.Senators on Instagram. The show is free and available on all podcast platforms, including on YouTube, where a like, comment, and subscription go a long way to helping the show grow. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers in the U.S. get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Today is Monday, January 15th. And Pilsy, that long welcome, that's for the first win of 2024. Yeah, I mean, spread it out as long as you can. Thankfully, the Ottawa Senators did not play yesterday. They're not playing today. So you got two days to bask in the glory of that victory, which, Ross, almost didn't happen. Thank God Vladimir Tarasenko scores the game to win it in regulation with 4.1 seconds left. Uh, That was a much-needed victory for the players, for us, for the fans, and uh, for the broadcasting team that covers the Ottawa Senators. Everybody needed that. Everybody, including Tim Stutzla, who has his 22nd birthday. I don't know about you. Yes. He's feeling 22. And and what a way to go into his 22nd year with a four, count it, four assist performance. He's had some four-point games in his career, but never a four-assist game. So a career high as he gets into, hopefully, a gear that can carry over some wins for the Ottawa Senators going forward. They'll play the Colorado Avalanche tomorrow. They'll play the Montreal Canadiens for the first of two times in the following week. They have Tuesday the fall next week against them the 23rd uh, and in between uh, back to back on the weekend both matinees. So kind of a curious schedule coming up. Kind of a curious schedule here on Locked On Senators as well. We appreciate everyone's patience as it's a bit later of an episode today. We've got a great interview for you but we also have an episode for you tomorrow morning. So in your podcast feed, there's going to be a game day preview. So we'll get into the details of what I'm going to bring up now. But Pilsy, we got to mention it. The Ottawa Senators have reassigned their goaltending coach, Zach Burke, to be a scout. And they're hiring or promoting Justin Peters, who's been the goaltending coach in Belleville for the last two seasons. Yeah, Ross, this is something I was kind of waiting and expecting to happen eventually. Now, look, obviously, Zach Burke, uh, he's been with the team a long time. What, when did he get hired? 2017, I think, right? No, no, no. Zach Burke was afterwards because remember, it was Pierre Grew in 2017. Pierre Grew was like, you know, Craig Anderson's guy, the Craig yes. Anderson whisperer. No, it was during the COVID season when Matt Murray was having his struggles that right. they had. They they uh they poached him from Arizona the 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 franchise that you want to model yourselves after. But jokes aside, no, they hired him from Arizona midseason during 2021. So this is his third full season and fourth overall year with the Ottawa Senators. Right. Thank you for the the correction there. So Zach Burke's been with the team for a couple of years, and unfortunately, in those couple of years, the Ottawa Senators have gone through a lot of goalies. Now, a lot of that has to do with injuries. That needs to be stated. But none of the goalies really did very well, or Ross, even very average. Uh, the goaltending has not been great in Ottawa the last couple of seasons. And then... Some way, somehow, those goalies leave Ottawa and seem to find success. So it just seems to be one of those things like, okay, 
there, we need to make some sort of change here. And this is a change that I think Justin Peters, especially uh, having been with the Belleville guys a lot. So Mando, Mads, I think that's going to be seamless transition. Mads up with the NHL club right now. So that should help things out. So I think this is a good move to make. And it just, you couldn't have let the goaltending get this bad and continue to be this bad without some sort of change. So I'm glad Justin Peters gets a promotion. And I'm also glad that Zach Burke still with the organization, just in a different role. I've just heard so many great things about Justin Peters. And funny enough, I kind of have like the, the smidgest smidge of connection to Justin Peters back when he was a goalie in the Ontario hockey league. So we're going back to the early two thousands. He used to be an instructor at the goalie camp. I went to every summer. So he was like the dry land trainer there. So I always knew the name kind of followed him through his career, never really established himself as an NHL goalie, but put up some decent numbers in a long career in the AHL played over 300 games as a goalie in the AHL 83 NHL games as well. And uh, even played a ton or a bunch, 32 games in the East. CHL, but overall now he's been with the Belleville Sens since 2020. So he was hired for Belleville before Zach Burke was hired for Ottawa. So he's been in the organization for a longer period of time. But yeah, from everything I hear about Justin Peters, he's going to be a really, really good addition to the Ottawa Senators coaching staff. Now, Steve Steos in a statement said that Zach Burke is exceptionally dedicated However, it's our belief as an organization that the time has come for a fresh perspective. Justin Peters is highly regarded and will bring in strong leadership qualities to our group. He is deserving of this opportunity. So a bit of accountability here, Pilsy. Yeah, and Ross, not the first time, though, that uh, this executive group has brought guys up from Belleville. Like you look at Ben Sexton, he was uh, assistant coach in Belleville. He's been elevated now to being on the bench in the NHL. And then Ryan bonus, a guy who was basically um, kind of main duties were taking care of Belleville and being a Belleville GM. He's now more part of the Ottawa system as well. So now Justin Peters being brought up too. So it's good to hire and promote internally. Worth noting that the last goalie coach also wasn't fired. He was reassigned as a scout. Pierre Grew went from being the Senators goalie coach to a scout midseason when Zach Burke was hired and then spent the next season as a scout as well, basically finishing up his contract in a scouting capacity. Funny enough, Pierre Grew is now the goaltending coach for PWHL Ottawa, um, which is a great landing spot for him. Dude, Bruce Garriock went off in, in his article today. Oh, I missed it. This is his this is his statement from uh, the Ottawa Sun. Through 38 games, Ottawa's ranked 31st in the NHL with a disgraceful 882 save percentage. I mean, that's a that's a tough word, but it has not been good enough. Clearly, like it's not even close to being good enough. They're 31st out of 32 in save percentage and 30th out of 32 in goals against average. So I think that tells you what you need to know. It sounds like Mad Sogard could get the start in goal against Colorado tomorrow. So we'll save that conversation for tomorrow's show. Pilsy, we got to get to this interview with yes. Claire Hanna. She is awesome. Yeah, she's so much fun, and uh, she really kind of uh, just kicks back and uh, has a lot of candid, uh, good uh, good conversation with us. A lot of laughs when Claire's on the show. It's basically an off-the-record conversation that we're really thrilled we get to share with you. So that's coming up next. This is Locked on Senators, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Guys, FanDuel is the official sportsbook app of the Locked On Podcast Network, and for a good reason. They're the number one sportsbook in North America. Why would you go anywhere else when I'm looking to get in on the action sports-wise? I am heading to FanDuel because they've got the best app out there. You want to be able to quickly access it. you got a live bet that you feel in your gut is going to hit. You don't want to be messing around typing in the website and dealing with all that stuff. No, you got the app right there. Facial recognition logs you in quick, and you can get that app in before the play is over. And FanDuel is the best for all sorts of betting options. You got spreads, player props, over-unders, maybe mix in some parlays. And it's not just hockey. You can bet on football, basketball, baseball, golf, whatever you like. You can find it on FanDuel. Maybe check out some futures while you're at it. And for new customers in the United States, you get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. Math guy? 
that's turning $5 into 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Check out FanDuel.com slash locked on and get started today. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Farm to Fork. Farm to Fork Delivery.ca. They serve premium meat and seafood in the Ottawa area. And what's great about them? If you're not in Ottawa, no problem. They deliver to all of Ontario, all of Quebec. You can even get them if you're up. Our friends in Nunavut. Rumor is we're the number one podcast in Nunavut. Do not confirm or deny, but I can confirm that at Farm to Fork Delivery, they have the best meats. How do I know that? They've got a 5.0 average review stars on Google. So these are the people talking. They love what they get. So what do you get? You get all natural, antibiotic and hormone free, and ethically raised meats that are flash frozen right after being hand cut at the butcher's table. That makes for the most freshest that you can get. Way fresher than grocery stores. Products are individually vacuum packed, so you only have to take out what you need. You also get free and convenient delivery. You receive notifications right on your phone when the order is nearing you. I'm looking at their specials right now. How can you not go wrong with something like the extra lean ground pork? You can keep it in your freezer. Boom, pull it out, make some meatballs. What do else works? How about some boneless skinless chicken thighs? The thick cut grass-fed steak special, that's delicious. You know I'm a ribeye guy. And this is comfort food season. And what better place to go than get some great meats and have that comfort food feel. Because you're a listener of Locked On Senders, you're also going to get 10% off your first order by going to use the code LOSP10 for 10% off. That's LOSP10 for 10% off at farm2forkdelivery.ca. Taste the farm-to-fork difference. You will never go back to grocery store meats. All right, we now welcome back a very, very special guest. Now, a friend of the show. It's TSN reporter Claire Hanna. Welcome back to Locked On Senators. How are you doing today? I am so honored to be a friend of the show. So thanks for having me. Well, it took long enough to wrangle you to come back on. I thought it was something we said when you came on in the summer. (laughs) I know. You know what? The first time was good, but it's like it just takes a while to get to know people. I need to know your intentions. We had to build some trust up. Now I've met you in person I mean you didn't even want to take a selfie with me you wanted to take one with Cheryl Pounder which I I would want one too but (laughs) I was a little hurt by that so it's just you know it's taking a while to just make sure I can trust you again you were pretty good at taking the picture though so thanks for that you're welcome yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get the selfie next time we come to the CTC. That's for sure. But maybe a selfie you you won't want someone to be involved with in would be another one of our hashtag friends of the show, Mark Mathot, when he's wearing his picnic table suit or a Leafs jersey. Uh, Claire, which was a worse look on Mark Mathot, the picnic table attire or the ugly blue? Can I be honest? Like, I love that picnic table shirt. Okay. Like, when he wears wears that suit. That is the better option of the two. Yeah, but it makes me feel like we're back to, we're getting close to summer. I feel like I just want some jam, peanut butter, some crackers, maybe some watermelon slices. I, I love when he wears that. So, um, but I also cover the Leafs and you guys, I know I cover the Senators and people get really offended when I go cover the Leafs, but so I think both are great outfits. I think there'd be other ones that are dull and just lame colors that I would, I would turn my nose up at. Do you think he dresses himself? Oh, I think Ellie helps for sure. <laughs> I think for sure. I don't, I, I think he's got a pretty good collection though. I've asked him and I think he's got some good suits. Okay. This is funny. Did you guys see when I put on my Instagram? I felt a little bad about this, but like Mark and I were laughing so much and he was all for it. But when he ripped his pants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think I do remember that. <laughs> I, I, he was like, oh my gosh, I just ripped my pants. I just squatted down. And he's like, I know they're ripped. <laughs> and I was like, wait, let's look. And I'm like, they are for sure ripped. And I'm like, I'm videoing this. He's like, oh yeah, for sure. Take a video. Like, he, you know, he leans into embarrassing moments like that, which I like. Yeah. But then after I posted it, a couple people, you know, slid into my DMs and they're like, uh, that's like maybe inappropriate. And I'm like, I'm just going to lean in harder on this, you know, like Mark was into it. So, okay. What are you bringing him in now? Oh, I was like, no, he's like a we... special guest. Like, and now he's going to, thought he's going to tear me apart <laughs> for posting it. <laughs> that's a look on, on our YouTube, guy Ross has pulled up the uh, picnic table suit and meth flexing 
that was not the suit that he ripped, but that's good. No, that's that's it. Hey, you got to have fun up there like he tells us. And we're having fun at his expense. But he says, look, it's not that serious. It's hockey. Got to have fun. So we appreciate and that. I like uh, – did you guys see um, Meth realize that people not watching in market, I guess a Finland viewer, let him know that in between commercials, they get to see him getting ready. So he's like doing his shifting and adjusting and all that. And Meth is like, oh, damn. I had no clue that other people are seeing that. And fair, like that's a moment where like that'd be like us not recording and whatever we're saying or doing, people just get to see. So that was a funny um, welcome to broadcasting moment for Mark Bethoff being like, oh crap, I gotta now be aware of that as well. That's a real concern because we aren't aware. Like we always know in broadcasting, if there's a microphone or a camera, you might be live. You might be broadcasting somewhere. Um, but in those moments, we don't think we're on. And yeah. so I don't know how somebody in Finland manages to get that stream. And that makes me a little uncomfortable because we might just be having chats off off camera about yeah. a play or, oh, this. And, you know, Mark's really honest about everything he says, wanting to make it public. But he's like, oh, I might not say this on air, but, like, this is how I feel. Like, yeah, And fair. if somebody is hearing that... Like, that's really, we've talked about that, how weird that is. And we're like, who's putting the feet up? Like, is somebody on our team sabotaging us suddenly? Inside job, yeah. Yeah, I, and I don't think so. I love everybody I work with, but I'm a little, I'm a little suspicious. I don't know what the answer is to that, because, like, yeah. are, are you having conversations, I'd imagine, with the director, and but you can't cut yeah, the feed. Yeah, no, he knows, and he knows, yeah. because we'll get tweets. I remember Mark and I were talking about, um, like Peloton, working out, nice. something like that. And like, oh, you know, like get the get the legs ready for bikini season, something like that. And well, well, somebody tweeted us and, and knew that like about that conversation. We're like, wait, how is that airing live? Yeah, that's a weird our, feeling. Yeah. So um, don't worry, we'll censor that. We're aware of that now. We'll censor that on our show because we respect you here. Thank you very much, you guys. Are you <laughs> on the team Peloton? Because Pilsy and I are on a kick right now. Um, no, I'm not. I'm on okay, a that's... Dover Court Rec Center, 50 bucks a month, and I do most of my classes with people over 70 years old, and I love it. That's a lot oh. cooler than Meth put us on, like, his, so we're, like, racing against him, and it's it's not cool to go up against a former professional yeah. athlete. It's really not cool for us. Does he absolutely confidence. destroy you? Like, are, is oh, it's he, not even close. Are you in, like, the bottom 20th percentile, or how does it work for you normally, and where is he compared to the average person? He, I would imagine, is in the top 5%. Because we only see like the people who have done those rides, but I'd say, and he always does the hard rides. Usually, Pilsy and I are scenic route guys, <laughs> so they Go have this stroll. where wait, ha they have them where it's like a guided ride, and it's just like a camera. They have all these like they do like the drone shots, and it's like you're in Hawaii. Where did we go last time? We did a nice. Uh, oh, we did Scotland, a nice. We went to Oregon. Iceland, Oregon. We went to Oregon. Yeah, we've been yeah. all over. On yeah, we, we we travel. It's, it's not like they they do a road trip from Saskatoon to Regina on there. No, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, we must that miss that one on? because you guys yeah. say that he doesn't do the scenic route. Is he doing the hardcore like or up the Coquihalla? <laughs> exactly. Well, the one from Regina to Saskatoon. That's if your uh, resistance thing breaks because it's all one speed the whole road, day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just flat road and away <laughs> you go. But speaking of switching speeds, you have to do that in your job, and I really respect that because what Mark Mathot does, it's easy, right? He just watches one hockey. Team team play and then he just says hey that's good that's bad Brantstrom small I like big defensemen for you it's a lot more intricate where one day you're covering the PWHL the next day it's the Ottawa Senators then yeah they force you to cover the Leafs as well like how do you keep everything organized in your life to be able to switch on the fly you guys, I, I'm really happy that my camera is not showing my desk right now because I have, oh, you're going to hate this. I still have like a stat sheet from the Islanders Leafs game. But then there's also, like, I don't know how I keep it organized. I just, I have, okay, I have a calendar where I mark all of my assignments down. And in a given week, I only really look ahead to that week. And I might look ahead to the second week in case I have to just start doing some mega prep. But um, yeah, I just try not to think too far ahead because things can change so much right and i knew i was going to be covering the leafs for a bit in december but if you look too far ahead who knows somebody gets injured and so they're not playing there and you don't want to do the research on them so i you know it's really only the last game that matters and what happened there and what are some of the storylines um but i like it i love i love covering different teams because i think 
um, I might do some women's soccer coverage and get a really good reminder there of how short or how long a career you can have, but how you might be retiring. Like I'm talking about Christine Sinclair. And it gives you perspective on what it's like to hang up the cleats one day. And then I start thinking, I'm like, oh, like how many more years will Claude Giroux play? And I, I think he's still going to play it. Like, like he's, he's amazing. And he's 36. I don't know. Maybe, I'm going to say like five. I'm going to put five. with Gavin on the sense. Yeah. 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 He's going to want to play with his son. You're right. Okay. So what? Gavin's got to be five years old. Okay. Let's say Giroux, he's got another 13 years in him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seriously, I like the, I like all of the different teams I get to cover because it gives me a deeper perspective. And I come back to the sense and I'm like, ah, I'm home because this Aww. does feel like my home team. And it, it's, so it's kind of nice. Like, Heart or uh, what's the saying? Um, absence make, makes the abs, heart grow farther. That's what all my ex father. would tell me, but then they never came back. Um, but was <laughs> it always like that for you, where you wanted new challenges? Because just looking, and I know you were an incredible athlete yourself, but then when you got into broadcasting, I mean, you've worked for basically every network in every role in the last decade. Well, I think what what I try to do is just make sure I've got a lot of different skills and that I'm not a one trick pony because as you see every year, every network usually has some layoffs and that scares me a lot. So if I can stay diversified and be able to cover a number of sports in different capacities, like I don't know if we've talked about this. I do play by play for a lot of volleyball, whether that's um, world league, the Olympics, CBC had me do some play by play for freestyle aerial skiing at the winter Olympics. I mean, then I also do the reporting um, I do a little bit of writing, not that much, but if I can do like wear a whole bunch of hats, then to me, um, it's going to be harder for them to lay me off one day. And that's, that is my motivation. And I know that's weird, but also when you get into the industry, like when I was working in Lloyd Minster, I'd be covering everything from basketball, soccer, volleyball, to hockey, to football, to, um, the random, like a rowing story to cross country skiing. And so to me, it's about the athlete's stories and every team is going to have stories of hardship, overcoming adversity, injuries, winning streaks, losing streaks. So it's about getting into the psychology of the athletes. So to me, you're going to find that in every single sport if you dig and if you, if you go hard. So that's why I, I don't mind. I'll, I'll cover whatever. Hope you're enjoying our conversation with Claire. We'll get right back to it. But first, a word from our friends at Game Time. Yes, Game Time is the official ticketing app of the Locked On Podcast Network. And we love Game Time because you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is fast and easy. And you can buy tickets for not just sports, guys, music, comedy, theater, whatever you like near you with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, Views from your seat, a best price, press, best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I love being able to plan. Hey, I feel like going to the game. I feel like uh, my favorite band's in town. I didn't plan for this, but I can get deals right up to the day of the event and all in prices. So you're not messing around and you think you got a good deal. Then you click through the checkout and you're like, wow, this is way more than I thought it would be. Not with game time. And you can buy your tickets in two taps. Boom, two taps, tickets are on your phone. So that's why we love game time. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time is going to go ahead and credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Come on, guys, check it out. Terms apply again. Create an account, redeem code locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for 20 bucks off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Yeah, now same sport, but new to the city, PWHL Ottawa. Claire, how excited are you that uh, Ottawa got a chance to have a team in this new league? So happy. And I didn't realize until we were doing the home opener that um, Gary Bettman had a big part in that. We yes. were hearing from one of the members of the PWHL Board of Governors and somebody asked, you know, why Ottawa? And um, he said that when he was reaching out to Batman for some advice, he said, you know what, you should look at Ottawa 
because they've got a really good fan base there. And um, I think it's a good hockey city. And so big Batman win there. I think we need to give them a lot of credit. And I do think this is the perfect city for it. And I, I compare the PWHL team strangely to the Ottawa Red Blacks because where the Red Blacks play, TD Place is right, well, um, it's right, it's all one thing in Lansdowne. And they get a huge amount of fans in the summer and they have not been good for the past three years. But the PWHL team, it's in that same hub. You've got these bars, these restaurants, a lot of nightlife around there. It's in the middle of the city. So right away, it's easy to attract fans. Now, on top of that, it's an exciting league where there's been a huge thirst for women's hockey now for a number of years to see best on best when it comes to the best players in the world. And so for us to get one of those teams, and there's so many women who didn't get drafted, didn't get signed, who are still out there looking for a team. And I, I just hope that this league continues to grow and showcase its excellence so that they can keep adding teams. And, and like, I'd love to see some teams in the West added. And I'm sure Definitely. there's other markets like Chicago, Winnipeg that are jealous, that want to see some teams, that want to have some representation. You, I know you guys had Emily Clark on, love that interview. Yep. I'm sure she'd love to see a team in Saskatchewan. So maybe one day it expands and there's even an Eastern and a Western conference. Wow, that'd be awesome. And yeah, we need Mash Myers, our next one, watching her in net. Like, we're hashtag goalie, goalie friendly, friendly show. show. She's awesome in there. Gets the assist in the game against Toronto. Mm-hmm. Snap pass to the far blue line. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, just your point about these undrafted players, MGM coming in and, and rolling on the bottom six for Ottawa and, and creating havoc out there. Thought she scored the first goal in franchise history, obviously got called back, but then gets one in the Toronto game. So um, yeah, great to see these, these women get the, uh, the shine that they deserve. And it's awesome to see you involved uh, at the home opener, getting to see it. And then even as a fan getting to go down, stop at the Glebe central pub, get a couple in you. And then you get down to, to TD place arena. And it's just a great time, great vibes all around. And, Great vibes is is kind of something that we're hoping the senators can get towards. And yeah. I want to go now to something that you covered last week. And I mean, Shane Pinto is just great vibes. Like we've had him on this show before. Like he just, he's infectious. And I know you got to speak with him. What could you tell us from being, you know, shoulder to shoulder with him about just his emotion going into to finally being able to put this kind of dark chapter behind him? I can't imagine like what's really going through his mind and how much happiness he had when he got to come back with the team. And we know that he came back, um, I believe it was just after the Christmas break, because there was one, I actually snuck a look of him just walking through the locker room really quick. And I was like, wait, is that Shane Pinto? And then I looked around the lockers and I saw his name. And that was the first time I thought, okay, wait, is he allowed to be back? And he was, I think there was some kind of a clause where he could be back practicing separately from the team and then get reintegrated with the team. But back to your question, um, I just, I can't imagine how hard this year has been for him because he's a young promising player who he was one of only six senators who actually started every game last year. And so he showed that he can be consistent and healthy, which is something that can't be said for a lot of the senators, but for that um, stunt in his development, like, I, that would be so tough. You can't even play in the AHL. And um, I, I, I thought at one point he might go to North Dakota where he played college and train with that team. But one thing he mentioned in the press conference, which you guys heard, was that he wanted to be close to family because of how, t- how tough this was for him. And I can imagine that was important for him just to get the support of his family and be with people who he trusts and loves. Um, and... You know, he mentioned he was watching the Senators games, but that was really tough for him too, because he's like, I should be out there. I should be playing. Um, now he made a mistake and there's not a lot of details out there publicly about what it is. Um, but in my opinion, I think the NHL used his his circumstances to make an example out of him and to yeah. send a message to the rest of the league when it comes to sports wagering. I don't know if that's fair. I think it was a huge suspension. 41 games ties the longest ever suspension in NHL history. And the NHL argued that that was cut down. Like it was the NHLPA that got it down to 41 games, which is. And Rafi Torres almost killed someone to get 41 games. That's the other guy who had 41 games. And so I, um, I just hope the NHL really reflects on this punishment when it comes. Give us your first round pick back. Even. <laughs> yeah, like the senators are really getting punished. I keep wondering, did somebody do something to Yeah, we know, started a podcast, Claire. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, but 
Also, when it comes to some of the other issues that you see occasionally in the NHL, whether that's like sexual assault cases, like you've, you kind of set the tone with 41 games for sports wagering. If we start to see other issues, what are those, what kind of suspensions are those players going to face? And I hope that the league sends the proper message to its fans in those circumstances, because you've set the tone now. Yeah, and they came down with the hammer on Shane Pinto, and and not only that, I mean, I don't know, I'm I'm assuming, yeah, once you're suspended, you can't get paid anyways, but he's sitting there, no contract, and now all the leverage is gone, because it sounded like they were close to agreeing on a deal around two years, $2.2 million, and now he's likely going to sign for $850,000, prorated as well, so... Talk about what that's taken out of his pocket. I trust him as a player, though. And you're at the rink at practice, too. How do he look? I know it's pretty early, but is he looking like he's fitting in with the guys so far? The fellas, as he'd say? I've seen him on, at two practices. I'm just bringing out my notes here because um, I just made some... Yeah, he was... So we skated a little bit with Kubalik and Joseph today. And then... Are these, are, are these written notes? Yeah. Can you show everyone? Oh my gosh. I no, they're, on my, they're on my computer. Hold on. Oh, okay. Okay. No, no. We want to see your handwriting. No, that's that. no, no. We would just want to see your handwriting. So that's all right. <laughs> oh yeah. I've got, I've got another notebook where I keep handwritten things. That's I, use I knew my you would for game days. I my knew you would. Games I write. And then in the practices I type, um, it's weird. My brain is a, a scary little place sometimes. Um, <laughs> but no, he was, so the first day he skated with the team, he was just with JBD as an extra defenseman. They were playing defense together and <clears throat> in the locker room after I was talking to JBD just about what it was like having his, one of his best friends back and, you know, the sense of, of joy that it brought the team because at that point they didn't have that win yet um, under the belts. So it was, you know, kind of just like the doldrums with the Senators. Yeah. But then when I was leaving and this was, JBD just yelled. He's like, hey, when you talk to Shane, tell him I want my passes on defense a little crisper. So <laughs> it was like, he's like, they're just having fun, right? Um, and then today was the first time I saw Shane playing forward. Good. And they're like, they're just mixing him into the bottom yeah. two lines um, because I, I don't think you can. Maybe Jacques Martin is trying to set, like figure out where he does put him in the lineup. Um, Jacques Martin has admitted. He doesn't really know Shane that well yet. He doesn't know anybody when they get called up. Like, Mad Sogard it just had his first practice this year with the Senators. And somebody, I think Bruce Garriock, asked Jacques, like, how well do you know him? And he's like, not well. So it's kind of like you got to get a sense for the player's personality, their skill set, and the chemistry that they can bring to the line. So I think that these next couple practices, because there's three more games that Shane pinned to us to sit out before he can rejoin against Philadelphia, um, those practices in between, I think that's where Jacques is going to just kind of really get a sense of, okay, where is he going to put him? Yeah, we're all excited for seeing Pinto to be back in this lineup and playing in games. Now, I want to stick on practices, Claire, because you're someone that gets to go to a lot of the practices. We're always refreshing Twitter, waiting for you to post the lines, and we appreciate that. <laughs> so I want to get your opinion, or just if you've noticed anything. How has uh, the practices changed from when DJ Smith was here to now Daniel Alfredson and Jacques Martin kind of running things like what have you noticed uh, that's maybe different okay first thing I noticed was a lot more I'm going to call them mini drills where players are sectioned off almost like um, picture gym class where you might have a station in this corner where you've got a stick on the ground and a puck and you're just saucing the puck over the stick within just a couple like three feet wrapping it around just over and over and then in another corner there's guys who are practicing their um passes um through the neutral zone and then there's another section where there's a guy um like let's say thomas shabbat shooting on net and brady is just practicing his tips in okay and it's and then there's a section in the middle where guys are working on the face off so Jacques has kind of like split the ice up at the beginning of practice into these sections where guys are really focusing on a skill. And then the other thing I've noticed is he loves to do, um, he'll set the the nets up just in run one like offensive zone. So doesn't use half, half the ice and they'll have mini games just on half of the ice, um, but with two nets. Yep. And like DJ would do, um, a very similar practice structure where you'd start with kind of um, like two on two, two on two drills where you kind of just have like two guys um, kind of 
wrap around one zone um, around the neutral zone and then like practice their shots on net. And the, like that would repeat for a while. And then you'd go into special teams practice with power plays. Um, but I have hardly, I shouldn't say hardly because you see a lot of like, um, they'll do like, when I talk about that half ice drill, they'll have like a line or just three forwards. They might not actually be together on a line playing against three defensemen. Um, they'll do that for like 10 minutes, which I never saw that happen with DJ. Um, but I haven't seen a lot of special teams practice. And it's kind of weird to say that because I know that Jacques Martin has been talking about, we need to be better on special teams, better with our power play. So it's fascinating to me that I haven't seen that practiced a lot, but also he now leaves the ice and they open up the room first. And so they might be doing that while we've opened up the room. And so right. I miss part of practice while I go to get the interviews done. Um, but I haven't personally seen a lot of special teams practice take place. Um, but yeah, so I would just say really detail oriented type things. And what do you feel like uh, being in the media with, with Jacques Martin? Cause for us, we feel like he goes a lot more into the details of the game. Uh, mm -hmm. Whereas DJ was more about, you know, the people and like, you know, we're working hard. We're, we're doing this, we're doing that, you know, with Jacques, do you find you're getting a little bit more of the technical aspect? Yes. And I, I think it's to each their own, whether you want to hear more about the technical aspect, because with DJ, I would like asking him about things, for example, like, oh, the PWHL just had their home opener. What are your thoughts on that? And, he, you know, he might give an answer just about the growth of women's sport. Um, and I did ask Jacques Martin about that. And he mentioned that he worked with the PWHL team here in Ottawa for the first two days. But I asked Jacques today about, you know, you've been here about a month now as head coach, not counting or interim head coach, not counting when he was brought in to be a coaching consultant. You know, what's the biggest difference you've noticed about maybe hockey? And he, he kind of like, he again, always goes to focus on the technicalities of the game. But I'm sort of asking about the personality of players. Like, is there a difference in coaching Gen Z versus when you were coaching in the early 2000s? Like, yeah. that stuff fascinates me. And he doesn't give a lot on that. So the psycho psychological aspect of it, sometimes he doesn't go into depth on. And I like that. So, um, was, was he just having fun yesterday before the, or uh, Saturday pregame? Like he, he was as loose as I've ever seen an NHL head coach for he 40 was, seconds. That's it. And then he got, he was back laughing. He was like, Hey Bruce, I'm going to like Rook Chartier. He's, he's, I hear he's good defensively. He was having, so go rewatch that. Cause I can tell I'm stumping you, but um, I, know, he, I was there and I, you were writing notes. No. And I was, yeah, I was writing notes, but he walked in and he was giggling and he oh, looked, yeah. looked at me and laughed. And I was like, <laughs> I think I even said, like, why are you laughing? And then Gord tried, Gord, um, Wilson tried so many times to start the press conference, but then he kept saying things. I totally remember this. And I, I was like, hey, let somebody take advantage of this. Ask him a fun question, right? Yeah. Gord Wilson asked him lineup changes. He's like, uh, Charte's in. Then he just stopped. He giggled. He goes, what else you want to know? Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was awesome. It was, it was all, it was all time. It really yeah. was. Well, and they won that game. So maybe that's, that's like, Jacques Martin's got to come in more loosey-goosey. Yeah, yeah, well, you know what? There's a lot of tinfoil hats on Twitter, as you know, and some people are saying, like, hey, maybe he feels like he's getting through to the guys now. It's been a month that he's been in the job. You know, you want to set your foundation for your expectations. Maybe he feels like there's been a, a switch flipped uh, here, as hopefully they can keep it rolling, because I, I don't know how you do it, especially on that Western trip. I know you were at the games in, in Calgary and Edmonton, and like, just doing Calgary. those Calgary. Calgary, sorry, that intermission interview you did with Brady too. Like, how how do you approach the player when you know that they're in a headspace where there's nothing they'd rather do than that interview? <laughs> I never think about it that way. Okay, good. Sorry, I bet. <laughs> I hope I didn't put that in your head. Ross, yeah. No, I've never thought about that because the players are uh, compensated very very well for their jobs, and that's part of the job. As an athlete Fair. that's making like $7 million a year or $8 million, I think that you just know that media is part of the deal. Especially as so, a captain like Brady. Yeah. yeah. And so I've, and I've also never got the sense that Brady doesn't want to be doing an interview, just for the record. Um, oh, totally. It doesn't come off that way too, but like when you see them leave the ice and their heads hanging and then it's like two seconds mm -hmm. later, they're, you know, putting on a smile for you. I, it's just kind yeah. of, Wait, you know, you see the juxtaposition. Because was Brady smiling? I don't know if he was. Hmm. And I think my first question to him was, you guys just scored on the power play for the first time since oh. December 31st. And then he was like, oh, I didn't know that stat. And he, Brady says that line a lot. Oh, I didn't know that stat. Because 
we always throw stats at them and it's not necessarily i'm not trying to educate brady on the stat i'm trying to educate the audience yeah and you're also painting just the picture like, for the audience yeah, yeah and, but also be like yeah so like why was it working now because you finally got it going did something change right like that's more of it so it's it's a bit of a combo um and then it was you guys that tweeted out how he's like we can prove in the third period our maturity and then they did not have four unanswered goals third. against yeah that was not great um but no i honestly i kind of have some questions planned um big picture some detail oriented questions like that one was an obvious one to me they scored on the power play and they hadn't for three or four games so um i definitely want to ask him about that but i really don't think about if they want to do that or not because regardless they have to did you guys no. sorry go ahead oh, go ahead no no finish finish okay. your thought did you guys see the interview with thomas shabbat um he was very loose and candid as well yeah so one thing that was interesting about that that and i took a big risk because um thomas took a while getting out of the dressing room which is fine everybody has their own pre-interview routine some guys come there right away some guys want to like get a shot of water or whatever so he comes and um we almost had to go live, but right when he walked up, Zach Burke, the goaltender coach, was walking behind the camera, and Thomas looked at him and started yelling something about um, screening. And so I was going to ask my first question, but I knew we were getting all of this like on the record. And so then I was like, oh, who were you screening? So I asked him about the conversation he was having right in that moment with Zach. <laughs> and I've meant, I haven't seen Thomas yet, but I wanted to thank him because he could have burned me big time. And not talked about that at all or said something. I don't know. I don't know. He could have burned me on that. He just shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I was just mentioning that I was screening Corpusalo in net. And that's why they scored. And I was so happy he said that because I think everybody when um, on whatever that goal was in the game saw that Thomas was kind of screening him. And so he just kind of owned it in the interview. Um, which was a vulnerable thing for him to do, but I was appreciative of it. But that was a risk. And I, my producer was like, ooh, Claire, that's, that's a slippery slope you're going down right now. Yeah, well, I'm glad it worked out because it ended up being a good intermission interview. Now, I want to get to a little bit different of a, of a vibe of an interview. We've all seen Tim Stutzla. He's, he's been struggling lately. Mm -hmm. The points haven't been coming. You see the frustration on the ice. Uh, you, you see snap sticks. You see talking to himself on the bench, all these kinds of things. But I want to get it from your perspective because you you had a, the best seat in the house for this, interviewing Timmy on the bench after that, that win against, against the San Jose Sharks. Like You must have been able to feel the relief from Tim Stutzel. Like He looked like a totally different human on that interview than he has the last couple of weeks. Like, what, what was that uh, like, Claire? You used the word that I was going to use, relief. Yeah. And um, I think, yeah, it's been really tough watching a player who's so talented and cares so much about the game, this city. He really, um, I think, pours his heart into everything. Big and thing. so for him to probably be trying maybe a bit too hard, trying to overcompensate for what normally, you know, normally he's, scored more goals or put more points um like i think you just feel pain for the person as a human and so yeah he was i think he was relieved and also in his first question because i just asked him you know that was a really intense end of the game what was and i asked him what were your emotions when you saw tarasenko score yeah and he's like yeah it was great and then he's like i like and thank you guys to the fans yeah. like i think in right thank the fans he was doing a couple things he was you know, wanting to keep the fans supporting the Senators because this has been a tough stretch, high expectations. The fan base is losing patience. So I think he was trying to thank them for that, but also maybe thank them, like, in a way, maybe he's almost apologizing for what he hasn't been able to do these past couple of games, and it's his his way of being like, stick with me here too. Yeah, you know, no, there's like, like it's, it's almost accomplishing more than one thing, and he's not going to say that, but he's just like, thanks, you guys. And... I, I just, I don't know, you feel for him because he's so young and he's got a lot of pressure on him to deliver this team to the promised land. He's one of those guys that is so talented. So I, I, I hope he's okay because I think mentally this has probably been one of the more challenging times of his career. 22nd birthday today. Yeah. People forget just how young he is. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 22 years old. Final question for me, Claire. Really appreciate you joining us. As we mentioned, 
friend of the show, Claire Hannah, as, as we already were, right? Getting to see you in person a couple times was, um, you know, always great to put a face to the name and, and get to see you. And um, my final question, though, is of all the players, we've talked about a few of them that you've had the chance to interview. Who's your favorite? Not favorite player, but favorite interview. The guy who gives you the most. You can't do this. It's like, it's I like saved it till the bias. end. Only the diehards are listening here 40 minutes into the show. <laughs> Like, so my favorite, like, I always know they're going to give good answers. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it has to be with the senators? No. It can be anywhere. No. That's, too- that's a huge, huge, huge red flag that you're moving away from it. But you can give me both. <laughs> well, no, I'll choose somebody with the senators. Um, Pierre Dorian. Um, I think... So it's been a bit different this year, but Tim would give really great interviews. Yeah. Yep. And I, 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 I just, we, I haven't interviewed him a lot recently. And even that interview on the bench, like I had a tip off that he had a haircut and I kind of tried to add that in too. Cause I was like, Hey, you know, was it a lucky haircut? Like looking Well, he went no buckets and warm up and paid the fine. He doesn't care. Oh no. He, yeah. That's like pennies for him. <laughs> um, so I will say Tim Stutzel has been really great. Um, in the past, um, Austin Watson was a really good interview. I always thought he was very honest um, and kind of like didn't shy away from saying something real. Yeah. Um, so I'll go. Oh, oh, but this season, here's here's my um, here's my sneaky good interview this year. Tarasenko. Yes. Okay. Nice. He is so. He, I've only interviewed him once in an intermission, and it was funny. Right before he's like, uh, "Do you mind keeping this quick?" And I'm like, sure. But I, I, I was like, I'm not changing anything I'm doing. I'm just, you know, maybe, I, I don't know. My questions, I think, are pretty quick. They're already quick. Yeah, like, I don't I don't add a lot of BS into my questions. Um, but then, so I, I was like, oh, he's going to make this quick now. That's where I, I get scared. So I'm like, right. oh, the player's going to shorten this up. So I asked the question, and then he gave me, like, the longest answer. And then I asked another question, again, the long answer. Like, I tried to get three questions in. But his answers for the first two were so long, we could only ask two questions. <laughs> but he's just really insightful and, um, like, real. I feel like he really answers and listens to your question and, and gives you the most honest response. And here's another story I will share. This is a behind-the-scenes story, but we still haven't run it. But um, a couple of years ago when he played for the St. Louis Blues, he actually took one of our TSN cameras that was in the hallway showing the warm-ups for the Blues, and it was – I think it was unattended. The camera was on the ground and he picks it up and starts filming his teammates like for fun. And (laughs) we have the footage of like what we call the Tarasenko cam. Nice. And it was filming like, I think when Ryan Reeves was with the blues, like it was funny. And so I asked him, or um, I wanted to do a little in-game hit on this. And um, usually game day, I can just pull a player aside for, and this is like seriously like a two minute question without without cameras i'm just recording it on my phone um you know about a moment like this and so i was there like five o'clock games at seven and i was just lurking around the halls waiting for him and then he he kind of like he almost walked out of a power play meeting and just like walked past me and i thought he was going to just avoid me and then he came over and he's like hey i'm sorry i don't like talking on game days so I, I, I don't, I don't want to talk to you right now. Don't take it personally. He's like, you could ask me anything on practice days, but I don't like to talk on game days. And I was like, that is so polite. He did not need to tell me that he could have just blown me off. And I wouldn't have, I, I would have thought about it, but I would have been like, Hey, whatever. But I, I thought that was really professional of him. And then I asked him the next day, you know, so we didn't do that hit in that game. And I asked him the next day and he gave me like a really funny story about it, which I'm not going to share. Cause I'm still saving it for in game if I can. <laughs> Okay. But, um, yeah, I just, I thought, yeah. Anyways, Tarasink goes in my good books. Nice. Okay. So follow up for me is who do you least like talking no! to? In Ottawa? No way. <laughs> no no just way. Kidding. Just kidding. I, I will say, I think most of the guys are really good to talk to. Most. Well, okay. some, guys, some guys just don't give very long answers and that's not something I can coach them on. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, serious final question for me. Uh, since Ross gave you a knuckleball there, I'll just toss you an easy one to hit out of the park here. What's been your favorite story to cover uh, this season? There's been a lot 
of things going on in the world of the Ottawa Senators. What's been your favorite, even if it's, you know, not necessarily the best vibes, but maybe most interesting, or I'll let you interpret that question any way you like. Yeah, well, I really like this story, but Rourke Chartier. Yeah, we're big Rourke guys. Yeah, and he's a Sasky boy. And so for people, I keep saying Sasky because I lived there for six years. It's like one of my five homes that I've had. (laughs) Um, So he's just, he really had a bad head injury when he played for, I believe it was with San Jose. And it kept him out for two years. And I did this as a sideline hit in the last game. We've been kind of waiting patiently to do it. And man, we, when he got that other head injury earlier in December, I think um, as a reporter squad, we were all really concerned because we knew how tough it was for him to get back into the NHL. And he doubted himself. He didn't know if he'd get back to this level because coaches, teams started passing on him because they were curious if he was ever going to get healthy again. And he was living in his parents' basement in Saskatoon, skating with the WHL Blades at practices. Um, And I think for him, like in in training camp, I think at one point he was on the line with Tarasenko because Tarasenko was on the third line. Just think about that. At one yeah. point, you don't even know if you're going to play again, and now you're playing with the Stanley Cup champion, who's like an amazing goal scorer. Like that is a that is so cool. So I'm I'm and I think he's a great teammate. Um, that's that's the sense I get. He's willing to do whatever, and um, so yeah, I think Rourke Chartier is one of my favorite stories of overcoming adversity and um, just being grateful. You can tell he's grateful for every moment he's on this team. I love that. Fantastic. Awesome. And in the postcast after last game, we we brought up and our, our friend Chicken Run had, had mentioned, hey, the more Rourke Chartier plays, the more the Sens win. So if you feel like using this stat, it's all yours. As a friend of the show, we share stats here. When Rourke Chartier plays more than 12 minutes, the Sens are 7-4 and four so far this season. So there you go in those 11 games. Claire, really appreciate you. We'll always look forward to the TSN games. We're very biased in that sense. And a part of it is because of your great coverage. And I guess math's all right, despite the suits. <laughs> I guess he's all right. Um, no, the whole team with you, Noodles, Abbott, Abs, uh, yep. uh, Pounder, of course, and uh, everyone else who takes part in those broadcasts behind the scenes. We appreciate what you guys do. And we're going to be doing this uh, knocking at your door sooner rather than later get you back on because now that you're a recurring guest Claire you can't say no you have to come on whenever we ask okay well let's talk about a Mary J partnership okay there we go all right Billsy that was a phenomenal conversation stick taps to Claire for joining us got any final thoughts on today's show Final thoughts for me is, Ross, uh, it was nice that the Belleville Senators were able to make up for the terrible, terrible game they had up against the Toronto Marlies. I'm not even going to mention the score because that's not important. What it is is important is their last game up against the Marlies at home at the CAA Arena. They get a 6-2 victory, so you love to see that. Shout out to our guy, Igor Sokolov, who is killing it down there right now, really catching his rhythm. Igor, in his last nine games, 11 points plus eight, 24 shots on goal. So keep it up, Igor. We love to see that. We also love to see you on tomorrow's show. It's going to be an early drop, so stay tuned for it. For today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.